Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I have Miri Polacek. She joined as the CEO of Joy Ventures in January 2018. Prior to Joy, Miri co-founded and led the Israeli Brain Technologies, the IBT, a nonprofit envisioned by late Israeli President uh, Shimon Peres probably butchered that name, so I apologize, uh, that accelerated brain-related innovation and established Israeli as a global brain technology hub. So without any further delay, I would like to welcome Mary. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much, Dylan. Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to have you here um, and and all the joy that you bring. So this is, this is great. Um, I would love to first start off uh, with just uh, if you could just explain just a little bit uh, to the listeners, what is Joy Ventures and, and what do you represent? Sure. So Joy Ventures uh, is a startup studio that is focused on developing the next generation of products that will help you and me and everyone around the world uh, live more joyfully and hence the name. So the idea is to identify uh, the next generation sort of cutting edge uh, technologies that will help us in our day-to-day -day lives um, reduce stress, improve our sleep, uh, improve our mood, basically support our overall emotional and mental well-being and do it in a way that and with products and services and experiences that people will happily incorporate into their daily lives and that will have significant uh, impact on how they feel. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have a particular definition of joy? Is there is there um, your own version or, or term for joy that you, you can communicate? Uh, so specifically uh, at Joy Ventures, what we like to focus on uh, is we talk about emotional uh, well-being. Mm -hmm. our, our sweet spot is where we can uh, impact our emotional state in some way. Ideally, it's literally something that we can create a, a kind of a direct or immediate impact. So imagine being able to measure, uh, you know, my stress level on my Apple Watch and doing some kind of intervention. Imagine even like a breathing exercise if it wasn't technology. Imagine kind of the before and after effect, being able to, you know, doing a breathing exercise and seeing that the after uh, you know, the heart rate variability, which is a good proxy for stress level, mm -hmm. uh, you know, changes as a result of uh, of some kind of activity or, or, or product or intervention that I used. So ideally, it's a short term, it's a quick break that I can take a, a product uh, that I can use in a short period of time uh, that, you know, that can help me sleep better, feel better, um, just improve my, my well-being at that moment, but we also believe that, uh, you know, we can't only make ch small changes. We have to also change our lifestyle and, you know, try to develop our well-being over time. And so we also envision sort of long-term improvement. Uh, so people engaging with products and that every time they use the product, whether it's every day or once a week, they won't only see the immediate improvement, but they'll also see a long-term uh, improvement over time. Got it. That but the focus is primarily kind of on the mental, uh, you know, it's how we feel. Uh, it can be, again, anything related to our mood, whether it's if we're in a bad mood and a way to kind of improve, improve the mood, if we're not, if we're stressed to become less stressed, but also if we're just kind of, we need just kind of like a pick me up, you know, and we, we want to experience um, more, more pleasure and more, more joy in any given moment. That's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, it's what, I mean, I, I do feel like, yeah, some of the secrets of life here is if you can control your emotional state and be able to one, be aware of the state you're in, and then two, be able to pick and choose what state you want to be in at will. I mean, that's, that's some very deep level mastery type of stuff. And, 
you know, technology is all about making those hard things easier to do. So if you can kind of shift that needle and kind of bump in that direction, I mean, you might just need that, that moment to be able to kind of shift you to where you need to go. Like for example, power poses, right? The ability to then actively use your physiology to change your state. And then you get that immediate shift and it allows you to kind of start to gain that momentum that gets you to where eventually this becomes a lifestyle change, but it's, it's getting out of those patterns because for some reason, and I don't, we, we all do this, like you ever get out of like a bad breakup or you're in a situation where something happens, like, you know, someone breaks up with you. What do you want to do? P even though you're in these feelings, you get this state where that feeling becomes your truth and then you want to marinate in it. So you listen to sad music, you watch sad things, you put sad things in your body. It's just like, it's this whole like thing where you, even though you don't want to be in that state, you feel like like that's where you want to live and you marinate in it. So I love the fact that if you can recognize it and then find ways to shift that, that's a really powerful thing to be able to do um, for anybody and everybody. And, and so. And we also know by the way, Dylan, that, yeah. you know, we're, we're not a, you know, one size fits all cookie cutter species, right? So what might help you in any given uh, moment uh, might not, or what you might enjoy, uh, you know, what you might choose your lifestyle, your, your state, emotional state for every person. It's for each one of us. It, it varies throughout, you know, throughout our, uh, our day and throughout our life, uh, you know, life, uh, throughout our lives. But, yeah. but obviously between each one of us, for each one of us, there are different, uh, different needs, uh, at different times of our days in our lives. And so, um, and so we very much believe in not only finding or, you know, uh, sort of catalyzing innovation around many different kinds of interventions, but being able to also deliver, uh, you know, deliver them in a way that's just the right, you know, right, just the right intervention in the right way at the right time for the right person. So yeah. it's also, you know, it, that does require understanding when a person might, you know, might feel a certain way and um, how to personalize the, you know, the delivery of that experience to that person's need at that specific moment yeah i mean one of the things as humans is that we really really like autonomy like we like, our ability to choose our own path and and go on it is incredibly important and it's not gonna like you know the you can't ever force anybody to want to be better you can only inspire them along the path otherwise you become a dictator and then they're never gonna they're it's never gonna stick it has to bubble up from within it has to be something that they choose to do and some people want to sing some people want to dance some people want to breathe you know and and different strokes for different stroke uh folks all across the land so i uh, com completely agree and a lot of that's uh, what you're talking about is a lot of gamification um gamification are you know you want to have immediate feedback on an activity activity and be able to see a measurable result and be able to see that you're making progress on something. So that's when you're talking about like, versus like, oh, um, if you meditate and you do it for 20 minutes a day, and then if you do it for five years straight, you'll see some really big results. As humans, we really don't like to have that delayed gratification. So if we can have that instant kick and, and have all these little micro games in the, in the, in the macro game of life, um, I could see how that's, it's a, it's a really good strategy um, for, for uh, inspiring people to help themselves get to where they wanna go. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, I think it's a combination of, you know, delivering uh, solutions for people that, first of all, they trust because it, the, the technology is, is proven to work, that it's validated um, through science, through, you know, uh, research. Uh -huh. uh, so first trust, you know, a trusted and validated, uh, you know, technology, but also wrapped in a user experience that's, you know, that's very, that can easily be integrated and that people will want to come back to and, and kind of yeah. turn it into something that uh, is a good habit in their lives. Yeah, yeah. Low, low friction bolt-ons. If you, if you can get something that's just super easy, you click a button and it just takes care of everything for you, then it's a, it's a really powerful thing. And then and then also like, I, I often think of like, like the vagus nerve, right? Because that's really like our feeling sensation that runs through our body. And so it's like, at what point do you want to tap in to the vagus nerve to give you that good feeling? Do you want to do it through the lungs? Do you want to do it through EMDR? Do you want to do it through putting good foods in your body? Do, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to tap into that system. And I figure Absolutely. like that's, what and that's one of the areas that we're very interested in, in exploring. And part of our activity uh, is not only around, uh, 
working with founders to build new ventures or investing in existing ones, but also supporting uh, research around areas that uh, that fascinate us that we believe uh, we want we want to further understand and see whether they can lead to you know to future uh, future ways of uh, future mechanisms that can can impact the brain in a positive uh, way. That's beautiful. So so uh, just taking a step back here. Could you lead me up to a little bit of your your origin story that brought you to Joy Ventures so we can just get an understanding of kind of why you're so passionate about bringing uh, Joy technologies to this world? Wow. So I think I don't know how far back to go, but I think, (laughs) you know, it's been it's been a journey of, uh, you know, probably over 20 years uh, of being, first of all, in the world of um, healthcare and being Mm -hmm. in the life science industry, uh, wearing different hats, both in large corporations uh, as well as smaller ones uh, and also in the most recent nonprofit before Joy, but always uh, being a part of organizations whose, you know, core mission was to to help people and, uh, you know, change lives and and improve Mm -hmm. people's quality of life. So that's always been my passion from a very uh, early part of my career. And as I uh, spent many, many years in in, uh, large corporations and saw, uh, on the one hand, the beautiful innovation uh, although I was a more kind of always on the business and commercial side, but I was always fascinated by the science that led to, you know, uh, to new medicine uh, being, you know, being delivered to uh, to people. Uh, I decided to get closer uh, to the kind of the earlier uh, earlier stages of the of the innovation uh, cycle. And so I actually relocated. I was raised uh, in the States and and. Um, and started my career in the States on the East Coast. But I, uh, when I moved to Israel uh, a little over 10 years ago, uh, and being that Israel is a startup nation, and I was really passionate about learning more about innovation and how to impact it, uh, I decided that I would kind of make the, you know, uh, change the shift uh, to trying to be part of the uh, kind of the early stage innovation and entrepreneurship uh, ecosystem. And uh, so that's when I shifted basically from the corporate world to uh, to the startup world. Uh, and my first role in Israel was, uh, was actually an opportunity uh, that was not within a startup, but within uh, a kind of startup, but it was a nonprofit, which I helped to establish, uh, which you mentioned in my bio, which is Israel Brain Technologies. And that was completely I mean, first of all, it was a really amazing serendipitous opportunity. It was basically Israel's Brain Initiative, which was essentially announced uh, right around the time that I that I moved to Israel, and uh, and I was just so inspired uh, by the vision to advance uh, neuroscience innovation. It's a f- specifically within life science, neuroscience, and 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 brain um, brain health and brain science has always been. Uh, very, very close to my heart, uh, both because of just the exposure that I had to uh, medicines uh, in the space uh, while working in uh, mostly in big pharma, but also uh, because I come from a family where my mom's a neuroscientist and it just always was a very um, interesting area of, you know, of of, um, life science and healthcare uh, to me personally. So I really resonated with, you know, the vision really resonated with me. And then I had this opportunity for seven years to kind of bring the different stakeholders together and really dig into what's required um, to bring, you know, neuroscience innovation to the market. And I, and I got to really interact with and bring together as an innovation hub uh, with researchers and clinicians and entrepreneurs and investors and to really dig into how, uh, you know, what's, what are the unmet needs? How can we, what are the different ways that we can accelerate and catalyze uh, innovation and commercialization of brain related technologies? Mm-hmm. And I, under IBT, basically, we, we built a very vast uh, network and, and ecosystem of, of, of people who, when I moved to Joy Ventures, I was able to, uh, to leverage uh, all of these you know, connections and the, the passion for, for making these uh, people come together. And to where at IBT, I was actually more focused on the deeper unmet needs of um, brain-related illness. So a lot of it was around like neurodegenerative disease. How do we solve Alzheimer's? How do we solve Parkinson's? How do we solve ALS? 
Um, also, you know, mental illness was very much, uh, you know, psychiatric disorders, um, looking at, uh, at those, of course, as well. And those are always the most challenging um, and where there hasn't been enough, enough progress. And that's actually my biggest passion is to try to, uh, to understand and, and advance uh, mental health. Yeah. But at Joy, we focus on um, consumer-related mental well-being. So we really are, are not looking at medical, um, medical devices or medical or, you know, prescribed products, but the type of, if, you know, kind of thinking more about lifestyle, lifestyle and wellness type uh, consumer products. So products that, we would, that would be useful in, uh, in preventing, you know, preventing uh, illness and uh, improving quality of life more in a lifestyle and prevention type of approach. Got it. Okay, so then, so you're in you're in Israeli, which is an uh, interesting uh, startup hub, especially with AI. Uh, their artificial intelligence game is pretty strong. Um, and then the, the lab there was uh, the the brain lab was is this primary? So it's primarily used for the medical industry, and that was innovation medical industry. So it's kind of like your your halfway house from the corporate world to the startup land by being in the medical because medical if you're a startup person in the medical space you, you it's pretty much corporate there's a lot of there's a lot of red tape to get through um in that in that area well there what? is a very young uh and vibrant uh or sorry very vibrant industry in israel of medical startups mm -hmm. uh they do obviously work many of them do work closely and collaborate with the corporate multinationals uh, you know, both in the medical device and the pharma uh, mm -hmm. industries. But there are, there's a very young, uh, you know, like vibrant uh, startup community here in the medical space. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I believe we have, I want to say maybe close to a thousand um, startups that are, um, that are kind of in the medical, medical space here in Israel, out of like about 6,000 startups. Um, so why is, yeah, why is it a very vibrant community? Why is Israel such a strong startup hub? Like, what's that about? Well, a couple of books have been written about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it has very much to, I mean, there are many theories. Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, some of them are already, uh, you know, broadly accepted. Uh, first of all, there's a cultural aspect, uh -huh. you know, which... Um, which, which is about, which is a culture of, you know, problem solving and risk taking. And uh, it's, it's something unique that, you know, that exists here. Uh, there is, um, there is a kind of a positive outcome of military service, which, is, which is mandatory here, which mm -hmm. is that we have um, some units that, uh, um, that basically groom uh, some, uh, you know, young, uh, smart, young, uh, technology-oriented uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, they kind of some of the elite intelligence units, and so folks that come out of those units um, have have uh, naturally uh, become uh, tech entrepreneurs. So uh, that's another kind of breeding ground for for innovation and entrepreneurship is is, is these elite units um, in the um, Israeli military. Got it. Uh, and yeah, they, I mean, there's also another aspect is that the Israeli government has always, if you look at like um, spending on uh, on innovation and entrepreneurship as like a percent of uh, GDP. Um, so the Israeli government has always um, supported. So given a lot of, you know, non-dilutive grants to startups to incentivize uh, people to establish new ventures. It's another reason. So there's been a lot of support from um, from the government, essentially. Got it. I was, I was curious about that. Thank you for explaining that. I, I was, so it's, it's really about the fact that everybody everybody serves the military. And when you serve the military, they're going to train you up on stuff because they want to have you be useful. And then you're going to come through that program with new skills and abilities. And then the government then empowers you with the ability to say, hey, we support you. And then you have a culture of it, then you have the, the funding for it, and then you have the training for it. And so now you have culture, training, and funding, which then opens up the doorways for possibilities um, because then you can go and apply it with resources, training, and funding. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. Thank you for explaining that. Um, sure. What about and the I brain? Recommend, I recommend uh, various, there's a couple of great books yeah. um, that are really popular. Uh, one is a bit older called Startup Nation. 
uh-huh. which really explains, which is a beautiful uh, book with many case studies about some of the Israeli startups. And through that kind of explains um, some of the, some of the points that I've mentioned, but as well as some, uh, some other points that are kind of explain why, yeah. how this all came to be. And a newer one uh, by a friend called Inbala Rieli, it's called Chutzpah, is also a very popular, uh, popular a newer book about, uh, about startup uh, nation phenomenon. Awesome, thank you. Uh, I don't, I don't know many of the the, the words, but uh, I, I've heard that enough time that I, I get the gist, um, which is actually the, the natural way that we learn. Um, so that's a, it's a, it's a powerful word, uh, and I love it. Uh, so uh, when you were at the Brain Lab, you, were there any cases or studies that came out? And you're talking about degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's or anything like that. Were there anybody that made some serious advances over there that that made you stop and go, wow, that is incredibly impressive. Are there any case studies or stories that you wanted to share about some of the innovation that you've seen in the brain lab um, over in Israel that uh, that caught your eye? So one of the uh, more interesting, um, actually, case studies that I love talking about, uh, well, maybe a couple. Uh, one of them actually is a startup that, uh, so one of the programs that we had at IBT uh, is uh, was an accelerator, basically. It was a startup accelerator that we ran that specifically supported only brain uh, technology-related startups. Mm-hmm. And one of the companies that we that participated in our uh, in one of our cohorts uh, was a company called ADOC, which uh, you spoke of, of AI strengths in Israel. So these were actually uh, several, uh, there were three, three young guys uh, who were uh, relatively fresh out of uh, the military. And they, uh, you know, came out with um, a strong, uh, you know, tech tech background, uh, and they started a company which dealt with uh, imaging, which still deals with imaging. They're actually doing very well. Uh, but when they started out, they were basically trying to solve the problem of how do you know the radiology is a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. So you know, when people get their brain scanned uh, to try to you know if there's to try to identify or diagnose some kind of an issue um, because there are, there's a limited number of radiologists today and it's not a very, um, it's not a fast growing um, specialty mm-hmm. yet at the same time, many more people are getting many more scans. There's a bottleneck where, where scans are not being uh, basically um, read or um, analyzed uh, as quickly. And we, there's also human error, right? So when people are, especially when people are overworked, they've got more scans that they they need to evaluate. Um, you know, there's more likelihood for error. And so they uh, they started a uh, company. They developed a technology where um, to help basically uh, radiologists um, reduce the so reduce the time to to evaluate scans and reduce the rate of errors. Uh, or increase the increase increase the accuracy of their uh, of their um, of their scan uh, reviews. So that's an example of, uh, of a brain related you know uh, startup and, and area, which is I think there have since been several companies, uh, and it's a hot topic is you know yeah. um, uh, automating uh, imaging analysis. Uh, so that's something that's very strong in Israel. There have been several companies over the last few years that have uh, have started in that space and are that actually makes, doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And so, artificial intelligence is a lot of people think of it as artificial general intelligence, where they're like, "Oh, it's going to be the you know um, Skynet or Siri, and they're going to um, it's going to be a full robot that tells me things." Uh, artificial intelligence is very specific and narrow. And so you give it one specific task and it does a great job. And so what you're talking about is computer vision. And AI does a great job. It goes, oh, you've got a, a bunch of data sitting in a storeroom somewhere with no one knows to do with it. And so they run it through a process where computer vision analyzes all of the things. They train the models to look for incidences to gain the person's attention. Then they bring the human in the loop to go, we've noticed an anomaly. And then it allows it basically allows them to go through a ton of backlog of data and say, oh, uh, based on your millions of x-rays, here's the five that might have cancer cells. And then they'll kind of go, oh, yeah, these are anomalies. They train the system and they move through that. And it allows you to basically empower these specialists with the ability to surface up these high-risk issues, which makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. And I could see a lot of use cases for that because AI is just kind of this whole thing of like, I, I often think of it like mining 
And so you have all this ore. And so there's all this unrefined ore laying everywhere. And they go, oh, let me go through that. And I will turn your data into insights. And that's like like the AI major benefits. So that's that's really cool that they do that. Um, yeah, we're, we're slowly uh, getting this, this, this uh, co-partner relationship with artificial intelligence where they kind of like help you filter through things and bring things to the right. service and attention. At some point there, I'm sure they have it where they're going to have biofeedback devices running through your systems all the time. So it's going to flag you and make you aware when you are when you are actually slipping into some sort of negative state. Right. Currently, they're relatively external, but, you know, yeah. they're becoming wearable. And for sure, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, at Joy, we have uh, we have a couple of companies that are uh, focusing really on on developing closed loop solutions, mm -hmm. right, that we can wear that mm -hmm. help us to uh, to identify when we're in a certain state and then you know, deliver the necessary uh, intervention uh, at the right level at the right time. We have a company uh, in our portfolio called MindLift, which does neurofeedback. And we got excited about MindLift because they were, they had already proven uh, that their uh, technology works really well um, with, uh, with clinics, with ADHD clinics. Uh, and we uh, are helping them to actually bring their their technology more broadly to consumers and to deliver an at-home, fully remote, uh, you know, product experience uh, that people can use. You know, that they don't need to go to the clinics for. That they can basically put on their, uh, you know, their EEG headset and uh, and enjoy a broad uh, a broad variety of um, of training. You know protocols and experiences that can help them with a with a broader um, a broader variety of uh, of let's say issues or challenges. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, neurofeedback. These um, uh, I had someone on the podcast uh, recently, a, a guy named uh, Giuseppe Riva um, from Milan, uh, but he calls them introspective technologies this ability mm -hmm. to kind of see the insides of yourself, bring it to the surface. And you're like, oh, this is what's going on. Because a lot of this social emotional awareness um, and, and the control is you have to know what's going on. And sometimes we're not even right. aware until someone brings it to your attention. And so this is this is great stuff. I love the biofeedback devices and hooking it on and and then kind of like stacking and tweaking to see what happens. I uh, um, so so yeah, so that's this is all super fascinating. Um, so with these technologies, do you, do you personally, like, how do you armor up for the day? How do you, how do you, you know, become social emotionally aware and do things? Are, are, there, are, are there patterns or rituals or technologies that you use on a daily basis personally um, uh, to be able to shift yourself? Yeah, well, um, it's, it's an ongoing, I think uh, it's a work in progress, but yeah. uh you know, I do try to get um, to get enough sleep first and foremost, which is uh, you know somewhat low tech, but um, in the future, I think uh, that's another area that uh, those of us who need some help falling asleep or sleeping better, sleeping longer, uh, maybe one of our portfolio companies that's working on that uh, will be able to help with. Um, in terms of you know, I probably don't. Uh, don't do enough of uh, taking breaks during the day. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. I don't do enough of that. I, I spend way too much time in meetings and way too much time in front of screens. Like uh, but, uh, <laughs> but actually, you know, we're, we're, I'm waiting for, for some of these, pro most of the products in our portfolio are very uh, kind of early, not, they're not yet on the market and available for everyone, but I'm sure that when they do become available, I'll be incorporating them in my, in my, in my life, uh, in my daily life. Uh, but I think right now I'm relying mostly on, uh, you know, some apps that help me every once in a while monitor, uh, monitor how I feel. Uh, and then, uh, you know, meditation app, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but I think in the future it'll be more, uh, you know, wearables and, uh, whether it's yeah. neurofeedback, biofeedback, non-invasive brain stimulation, yeah, it, will it, become more more uh, sophisticated. It's 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 these technologies. They're they're kind of on the cusp of being common. Like for example, like virtual reality. Virtual reality right. went from being very wacky 
uh, like years ago and where, you know, no one would touch it as a technology. If you go 2012, it was pretty much unavailable um, to where now you can buy it on Amazon, get it. And, and there's, you know, 10 million plus people using it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's so it, it and then so it's becoming more common. It's just it seems to be that, you know, with all these new technologies, what you're talking about here is that it's the friction to use them. It's that like, okay, I can do it, but like, I'm going to be wired to a thing that has to be next to my bed and I got to roll it down the hallway to you. So there's a lot of like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of effort. So we want that. Yeah, we so want I that think, so I think there's watch. still limited, you know, there's still a limited uh, perhaps offering of accessible consumer mm. products. So we're seeing like the first generation that's out there, the consumer EEG headsets. And mm. so, but I think it's also, you know, they're, until very recently, there was a relatively low level of general awareness among the public. First of all, that A, I need to take care of my mental well-being. Yeah, I need to go to the gym and I need to watch what I eat, but I don't necessarily focus on or, or prioritize my mental or emotional well-being. Uh, and I think that, you know, this past year and a half has really been quite a quite an education for people. Uh, you know, with the pandemic, people realizing that each and every one of us, you know, can be can experience anxiety, can experience social isolation, can experience many emotions that uh, we didn't think were our problems. Uh, maybe there were other people's problems. Maybe so, you know, loneliness was like for older people. And I don't know. I mean, I think we people were less concerned. I mean, I think some people obviously are aware that there's a thing called stress and but they don't always know what to do about it. Um, I think now everybody realizes that, whoa, you know, maybe I need to slow down. Maybe I need to pay attention to how I feel, take a break, uh, and maybe now start to figure out, or people are now looking for more, uh, you know, more solutions. So they're, A, they're more aware, and now they're also, it's, we're seeing that there's already greater demand. We're seeing, you know, uh, meditation app downloads doubled and, you know, um, we're seeing that people are on the lookout now for for new solutions and ways that they can take better care of their mental well-being. Yeah, we, you know, it's uh, humans are funny. Um, we like, I mean, we deal with stress in ways that are the easiest for us to handle. And so, and and so, there's, you know, I feel like there's always there's like the easy way, and then there's like the right way to do it, right? And so, a lot of people, I'm stressed, so drink alcohol. I'm tired, drink coffee. I'm doing like, it's something that, what can I, what can I do? That's a quick kick that, that, that makes this happen for me. But then you know that that has a tendency to, to stack. Right. And so like, for example, I didn't sleep, so I'm going to have coffee. You, you can get a couple of days out of that. You can probably get maybe three days out of not sleeping and drinking coffee before it's really, it's really going to suffer. You're really going to have some issues going through the problem, but that's, that's that, or the sedation. Right. And you're talking about the difference between I'm dealing with stress. And so I'm going to sedate and repress versus process and and recover right and and it's in it's and a lot of people know the sedation path not a lot of people know the recovery path and also the, the challenge with a lot of these biofeedback things is like um they don't know what to do with the data and they don't know what it means and they don't know how to take the they don't know how right. to take the data and then turn it into actionable insights uh, a small side story i had a biofeedback ring on and I was going through the, the uh, jungles of Peru and I did like a whole ayahuasca journey with my co-founders and it was a wonderful thing. And I did like five and a half hours of REM sleep while on it with my ring showed me. And I was like, that's incredible. What does that mean? And I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what to do with that data. It was, it was, it was, ex it was exciting because you could see the data, but I think what the, I think that, that big, awakening, the, the awakening is what is that? What is that? What do I do with that? Yes. And that's, then that's the power of AI when they go anomaly, pay attention. Right. So that's the, have you seen any of these companies be able to take and create an actionable path for people from, you get the data, you're aware of this thing, then you process it and then you move that emotional needle and then you get from one state to another state because of that. Can you, can you speak to any stories around that? Well, I mean, I, I always have my, it's always my portfolio companies that are like, yeah, that up. It's okay. even, but even the sleep company that I was referring to earlier, yeah. I mean, the whole premise behind what they're doing is they're actually personalizing um, non-invasive brain stimulation um, mm -hmm. based on, so imagine that you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. uh, one option is, one, one use case is you're trying to fall asleep okay. and, um, and then 
at the right, you know, at the right point and, and based on uh, reading your, you know, uh, your brain activity, yeah. the headset, which you're going to be wearing is, is going to uh, give you the right um, frequency, right stimulation to help you fall asleep faster. But then this, the next part is, and that's the kind of vision is mm -hmm. to also improve sleep quality. So be able to actually stimulate while you're sleeping you know, if you haven't had, say, if you haven't gotten into REM to, you know, yeah. to get you into REM or if you're, or if you've had enough REM, now you can go back into the, you know, lighter sleep and then, you know, help you wake up uh, more refreshed. So kind of optimizing your sleep quality based on actual sleep activity during the night, for example, yeah. um, that's on the sleep on the, you know, awake. <laughs> uh, when, when we're awake, I think there are, um, yeah, there, I mean, different, um, different, modalities and methodologies that really interest us. Uh, you mentioned interoception, um, you know, look, doing, being able to, um, to, to do it through like haptic, you know, stimulate like tactile uh, stimulation, uh, closing the loop in, in any kind of, let's say, stimulation of the senses. Uh, we really are, you know, uh, are fascinated by that. And also combining different interventions and seeing how they can, you know, work together. Well, it's like it's like hacking. If you, a lot of these neuroscience technologies, these, you're basically hacking the game of life, your brain, and you're being able to, to to go in and 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 tweak and modify things in a way that we can't before by adding on additional senses and being able to have external awareness. And so there's a lot of really um powerful things that we can do and again is you can keep bringing up your companies the reason why i had you on of joy ventures was to share stories of people doing good deeds so i don't feel any things around uh, uh not wanting to bring up the stories i will ask questions about your journey and the companies that you're back because this is this is fascinating technology and then people not a lot of people know about this and a lot of people don't know how to apply it and then once they get it they sometimes just my own personal um geeky obsessiveness when i see it i go oh that's great now what do i do like i know with my apple watch i do i sleep like i didn't get a lot of sleep i looked at my watch I was like i'm gonna sneak in another hour i set my alarm i went back to sleep and i got like a 79 percent. i was like good enough and then i got out of bed this morning now i do guiltily i do have a cup of coffee here to the side i'm gonna admit it i'm gonna call it out i do have it here um you know but it's 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 a trying to find that that happy balance of enough sleep and and not as not 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 as too much coffee i'm trying to balance that thing out a bit sure. and some people <laughs> by the way some people by the way um are you know it stresses them out to to measure everything right they don't want to know they don't want any visualization or you know just give me something that helps me feel good and that's fine yeah. too we don't need to it doesn't always have to be like here's the data in your face if you you want to feel good for a moment i don't know let's develop some kind of an experience mm -hmm. that, um, you know, maybe a game that just, you know, like you said, you get that, that micro feedback or you get that um, instant gratification um, that behind the scenes knows how to deliver, you know, the right level of the right experience that will help you relax. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to know that your HRV was X before and now your HRV is Y or, you know, X plus, you know, plus 20%. Um, some people, you know, don't don't like to see the numbers and other people yeah. are, you know, they just want to see the numbers, you know, going up all the time. Like, oh, I'm, I'm on a leaderboard. I want to compare myself to other people or we're, you know, we're, we're supporting each other in a group, you know, in a group uh, group framework, which is also another, you know, we find is, is an important can be an important component of uh, improving well-being is, you know, is, is having an experience that um, that also involves other people. Right. Whole, I am, why, do, I why do we like? Why do we like to uh, to go to the coffee, you know, uh, coffee machine at the office? Or why do we like to go for a drink? It's it's not just because you know the substance has its effect, but also because it has a social element to it. Man, I I a hundred billion percent. So it's it's funny. Like so, uh, we live in three realities. So there's our internal reality of our stories and our mental models and things we want. Our external reality, which is like our physical environment, or a virtual reality if you're inside of that. And then we have our social reality, the environment that we co-create together as a thing. When the pandemic hit, for the most part, I'm pretty much like I have like little tiny circles of friends and I was completely fine for the most part. The challenge I had is I realized that I use social environments to move my emotional needle. So if I want to if I want to be physical, I go to the gym because I'm around physicality. If I want to be productive, 
I'm that entrepreneur that hops from coffee shop to coffee shop just to be around the energy. And when I couldn't do that, I was like, oh man, my social hack has been broken and I can't, and I'm stuck at the house. I need to find new ways to self-motivate because I love that. that I, I relate to you completely because man. I'm also I'm also wired that way. So I really relate <laughs> to that statement. Social, yeah, it's it's just this socially um, outsourcing your willpower and your ability to get into those emotional states. And so I was really excited. Like I got to go to a coffee shop to meet um, uh, my old friend uh, and advisor for the first time after a year. I was like, oh, I miss this so much. It was so like people in the smell probably, of coffee. You no, know, no, uh, you know, no coincidence that you're also. Yeah. That you have a podcast, right? Yeah, I it's, love it. it's the ultimate way to interact with people uh, all the time. And like little, oh, I love these, like I was a weird, I'm a weird introvert that I like these deep, geeky, one-on-one -on -one conversations. But if I'm in a crowd of people or I'm at a club and there's a lot of people in the music, I'm like too much, too much. But these like, just like one-on-one -on -one talking about interesting things, cool technologies that are helping people and you know, people that are just trying to like move the needle of good in some way, shape or form. It's, it's, it's a fascinating thing. And selfishly, I really enjoy it. It's a, this is a, this is a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I think that like one of the best ways that we learn and we really is through sharing stories with one another, deep conversations with people where you, you know, you talk about the lessons and because that's the original form of learning was stories. It's emotion plus lessons combined. And then you, you pass it along. That's why I think podcasts and things like this are, um, so powerful. Uh, one, one, one thing I want to chat about is, so you, you've mentioned a couple times about uh, you're investing in these joy venture technologies and you, and some of them aren't commercially viable yet and they're getting there on the path and they're growing to get to where they need to go. Um, what for you do you look for to make an investment in some sort of technology? Like what are the, what are the boxes you're looking to check to say, this is a, this is something that we would entertain and, and this hits the boxes that would be something that is viable to it, uh, to support. Sure. So I'll mention the ones that I, I think are kind of most unique to us because they're obviously the, the kind of more generic criteria that I think all investors look for, like the strong founders and, you know, teams and, and viable, you know, business mar market and business model, et cetera. I think where we, are unique in the way that we look at uh, opportunities, whether it's uh, existing ventures uh, that we may wish to invest in, or even ideas, uh, or or kind of a very very early concept that uh, we might want to might want to get involved in helping to 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 bring to life. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first part is what we call science based, which basically means we want. Um, there to be some kind of a component to the product, which is really like the underlying mechanism, which is a which has the which either has already been proven to be effective, or we believe that there's scientific rationale that you know that gives it potential to be to be proven in the future. So we may we 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 actually decide that our, the funding will go towards uh, the use of proceeds will go towards proving the efficacy of the. Uh, underlying uh, technology or mechanism that's creating basically the the intervention that you know that will change that will move the needle in our our emotional state our emotional well-being. Okay, yeah. so that's very important to us. Uh, so we you know we we wouldn't invest or or try to build a venture or grow a venture that doesn't have some underlying science-based uh, mechanism. That's our that's our kind of holy grail. And um, there are not enough of those around just yet. And that's also part of the reason that we, and as I mentioned, that we, we do collaborate also with, with researchers in academia to try to develop, to move that needle, to develop more technologies and, and cutting edge uh, interventions that are um, science-based. Because we really want to positively impact the brain in a way that's meaningful and effective and safe, et cetera. Um, yeah. So that's one piece. And then the other piece is, can that, you know, uh, and again, and obviously we want it to be unique and innovative and, and, and defensible, and those are pretty generic. Um, the other piece is, can we deliver that in a, you know, in a consumer, because ultimately our vision is for these to be consumer products, products that are like you said, frictionless, easily to easily easily integrated into people's daily lives, um, fun to use, etc. And so um, 
that's the vision. So we're not going to look for a science-based technology that's like a chip that, you know, is necessarily, you know, a chip that's going to be um, probably uh, yeah. not sur surgically inserted, you know, uh, into the brain. Uh, yeah. Unless we believe that maybe longer term, that technology can be, um, the form factor may change. And we have scientific reason to believe that in the future, it might be a patch and not, you know, a, a, a surgically uh, inserted chip. So uh, we want ultimately for people to have accessible uh, products, experiences, services that will have a you know proven uh, impact on their brain. And these should be products that they can trust and that and that they'll enjoy using. So I think that's really the core of what we look for. Everything else is kind of the obvious, you know, uh, to be expected things that. Uh, people look for when supporting ventures the chip in the brain thing man it's like there's there's a part of me because we're talking about a lot of like neurolink kind of stuff right where they put a chip right. in the brain and and a lot of people are like i don't i wouldn't do that i'm like would you but what if you could learn 10 languages with the click of the button and a, and a 60 second download would you like there's right. that's why that's exactly the question that's exactly why we want to learn and study these things so we're fascinated by by people's ideas. And I think we, we are very attracted by sort of the moonshots, you know, that people like, uh, you know, Brian Johnson and Elon Musk are, you know, that they're, they're, they're trying to target. Uh, do so, people ever show up your place with crystals or, or a sense like, it'd be like, do people show up with crystals and they go, go like, have, yeah, they show up with crystals and they, and they have like a Hertz frequency and they have a, like a love whistle. So, like, you know, less so because i think they know that we're you know that's not our thing and that's also that's another reason why it's super important for us to you know to go down the science path because yeah. this is a space where you know there are there are there is noise let's call it of you know of claims that are not founded well founded and, and in the end again in order to create a viable business you need to gain the trust of the of the consumer and so well, there might be a certain, you know, subset of the population that is a believer in, you know, uh, in voodoo magic and uh, <laughs> uh, in crystals. Uh, you know, we 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 prefer to take the road of these sort of more conventional <laughs> um, science and no. uh, technology development. Not a voodoo investment firm? No, that's not <laughs> that's not your thing. But it's a it's you know it's it's interesting because like there's there's gradients of 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 truths right like i can't i personally can't prove that crystals don't work but for some people because placebo effect there's also placebo effect that shows right. that those things right. are right so there's, so there's this whole gradient of things that's part of um, proving yeah that's part of proving uh part of proving things is that yeah. you know it's not a placebo that it's repeatable mm -hmm. uh absolutely yeah so, so and and so with some of the technologies um by the way you know it's yeah. not just placebo with some of these technologies there's the you run the risk of uh you know habituation that people get you you know if i if i get some kind of vibration on my i don't know on on my body mm -hmm. um it may have a good effect for some period of time but maybe at some point my body will get used to it and not it won't be affected um over time you know, because it'll just, it'll become something that my body no longer pays attention to. We're, I mean, so, we are super good at that. Like, I mean, that one of the right. things that human, we are very good at desensitizing ourselves to things. Uh, there's a thing, a terminology called the hedonic treadmill that you like get a pleasure and then you got to keep running faster and faster on that treadmill to get that same, same juice exactly. out exactly. of the thing. Um, and we're just really good. I mean, if you look at memes, the things that go around the world, which are like, you know, little bits, like yeah. we go, oh my God, so funny. But then we see it 10 times, 12 times, a hundred times, and we desensitize ourselves to it. And so, I mean, that's, that's true, but that's the whole point of like, kind of like, if you look at rotating, rotating crops, I mean, you want to almost want to rotate the interventions that you use in the ship. Exactly. Exactly. Right? That's so, part of the reason to have, yeah, to have that toolkit, right? Yeah. So yeah. If okay. We, this time, If we shake it up, you know, maybe we won't. We won't get bored and you know these these solutions will remain effective for you know for longer yeah and that's and, and it's and, and it's both ways it depends on how you look at it so you can you can rotate through to keep things fresh but then also you can create neural pathways by if you did a sequence of things that light you up 
and then it leads you to a pattern of behavior. So you listen to your favorite music, you get really physical, you have a gratitude mantra, you, you go bop, 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 bop. Then you start to like kind of carve that path each day, right, of your favorite activities. And then, and then that becomes ingrained to kind of set that stage to where even if you don't do it, you still have that your body's used to going, this is how I feel in the morning. So yeah. it's like, it's both, it's both sides. And so maybe along that pattern, you can switch it up. It's just humans are weird because like in the game of life, you have to be both the dungeon master and the player. So you got to be able to like make the plan and then work the plan. I mean, that's the power of having coaches and other people is that they're like, you know, it just, it, it alleviates that part of the decision-making process, which is. I mean, I think there's always sort of like the ideal, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the perfect life would be if everything was right. Like if we knew how to operate anything and control everything, I mean, like in some people's minds anyway, right. That we would plan and, and have a very specific kind of recipe. Right. But I mean, obviously in reality, uh, that's not how, you know, how life works. And so different people should have different ways of, of um, coping and, and incorporating, uh, you know, their solutions. I know I'm, for example, not a planner. Uh -huh. um, I don't, uh, you know, you asked me about, about um, like what my, you know, what my uh, sort of solutions are. And um, I don't, I don't even devote enough time to that because <laughs> I don't know. It's it. We Again, because you're, 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 it's, it's, it's like working, it's like working on you and working for you. It's, it's hard to do both. And, and, and the thing is, like, humans, like, we're both things. Are we an individual speck of nothingness, or are we part of the all creative collective cosmos united? Like, we're both. Do we want like certainty and stability, and do we want chaos? We want, we want both. And so, like, I think that whole like, we, we, me and you both know what does it take to be super duper healthy. It, and let's just speak with diet. Okay, uh, no more health, no more anything else. You're gonna you're gonna eat uh, lettuce uh, for the rest of your life and green drinks, and that's it, right? And we're like, okay, I get that, but we want the chaos, and we we want those. We if you see that cupcake and you have like, we want both. We and want that's the guilty pleasures. We want the surprises, and actually, that those those also get at kind of our vision, what we believe yeah. is actually, we're not, we're not here to turn people into, you know, okay, I'm going to be vegan and have a very specific recipe for how I eat, sleep, you know, exercise, interact with, you know, et cetera. It's, it's actually, let's, 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 uh, you know, let's mix it up. Let's make sure that that toolkit gives me also sometimes the guilty pleasures and gives me the excitement and the surprise and the, you know, kind of the, uh, uh, maybe some technology that when I open it up, I don't even know what it is. And I, it just lets me escape for a minute, you know, maybe it's through the VR, maybe it's through, but you know, in a way that uh, will create that balance of both kind of kicking things up sometimes and sometimes, you know, <laughs> yeah. bringing things down. So, yeah. but maybe not in a completely, you know, pre, pre-programmed way. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I, I, I just, here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm picturing. And, and, and I'm not saying it's real, but I'm, I, it's my imagination. So I'm going to run with it. I'm picturing like you guys shipping out these joy boxes and then they open it up and it's like random surprise joys. Oh, there's this, there's this technology that does this. There's this that does this. And they're like, Ooh, what's in this joy box today? And they take yeah. it and they go and the try it out. Change every, yeah, that's every like, month. You'll get a different, you know, different, a different, like you'll open the box yeah. and we'll have something completely different. Exactly. Inside. It's a random surprise joys that you're just shipping out to people. Like who wants to, right. who wants these like random surprise joys of things to go shift their consciousness around? Uh, if anybody wants to go take I love it. I'll have to, I'll have to jot that down. Somebody please take that and run with that. I'll go sign up. I'll be, I'll be the first beta tester. I like, Ooh, joy. It's, it's a little bit of the feeling that we get when we get like an Amazon package or something. Cause you get this thing that comes like, Oh, a package you open up and then there's a thing inside of it. Um, but uh, but it really it is. It's it's about that people being able to kind of take these things out, view them, and go, what do I want to pull out of my tool belt of cool stuff that gets me to where I want to go, right? Feeling joy, and that and, you know, it could be just singing and dancing, or it could be like there's an app uh, that I love that I also hate that also brings me a lot of joy that also terrifies me. Um, uh, it's uh, it's this it's this uh, dual karaoke app. And, okay. it, and so what it is, um, I think they're worth a lot of money now. 
Uh, but but I can do karaoke on my side and it'll be streamed to you and you do karaoke on your side. And then we're going back and forth doing that. And so like, I love to sing, but I'm also terrified to do it in front of people. Um, and so like I was working on doing that, doing this app in the morning as a routine and I would do it and I'd sing songs while walking down the street looking like a crazy person. And so I got very socially uncomfortable about singing around people, but also brought me a lot of joy. Um, and so it was uh, just one of those types of things that it was for a while. It's like, it's that, it's that balance of the, have you ever noticed like the things that light you up the most might also bring the most fear or uncertainty, like whether it's like getting on stage or doing something else, but it's like, it's this weird thing that like, after you do the thing that terrifies you, you get that, 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 that sense of, um, I don't know, joy or excitement, mm -hmm. satisfaction, um, yeah. satisfaction. So, so um, with with joy ventures ultimately do you guys have um like a big vision where you want to take the company is there like a holy grail for you that you're like this is what we want joy ventures to ultimately become well i hope that we will you know become the sort of leading um like innovation playground for where you know all the future kind of consumer products that bring, you know, joy and emotional well-being to people, uh, you know, where, where they all start, right? Uh, is kind of the, the ability to be the organization that pushes, you know, that takes the risks and is able to bring to life uh, these, you know, science-based uh, delightful products uh, that ultimately can help millions of, you know, people around the world. I think that's that's why we're here. That's our vision. Um, and yeah, uh, anyone out there that's listening is welcome to, you know, to send us their ideas. <laughs> Can you, oh, one thing I want to uh, touch on is, uh, a lot of people when they're getting started, they have this fear that, oh my God, I have the best idea in the world. And if I tell anybody in the world, they're going to steal it and they're going to, they're going to run with it. And then they're going to make it into a billion dollar copy. My idea is gone forever. And so there's this thing where they, they end up holding this thing and suffocating their idea. Um, can you speak to the fear that people have about sharing their idea and their baby about it getting stolen by the 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 the, the big scary investor people? Can you speak to that a little bit? And and what 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 would you say to someone that's thinking that? I think that you know no no successful venture is uh, you know starts with starts and ends with one with one person. If you keep it to yourself, it'll never it'll never come to life. So. I think you have to, you know, force yourself to to gradually find the right people to talk to. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, it'll stay in your head forever. So uh, I know it's a tough obst tough obstacle to overcome, but uh, and maybe the first you don't necessarily maybe the first person you don't go to is necessarily uh, an investor, uh, but but you know, talk to people. One of the first things they teach in in the, in the lean startup, you know, methodology is. You go out and you interview the world and you say, would you want a product like this? Would you want a product like this? Right. Um, so first see if, you know, talk to people, just random people and ask that if, if you think that they're, they're a potential, you know, they, they represent your potential target audience. First, just see if people like the idea. Uh, and then maybe that'll increase your confidence that, oh, I need to do something about this. I need to talk to more people about it and make it happen. Uh, I think it can have the opposite effect of like, you know, pushing you forward, uh, and making you believe more. So, uh, yeah, just see if, see if your idea even holds water by just talking to potential customers. I, so, yeah. So, I mean, I run like hackathons and innovation things and stuff like that. And I just, I've seen a pattern of people that like, it's usually the, um, it's usually the thing that has the least legs is people talk to people the least like they they're like they have this brilliant idea but they won't share it and so they can't evolve to get better and i just want to speak to that because i think a lot of people they they have this idea but then they get this has they get this fear right and it's it's a very uh it it's one of the biggest struggling points i've seen for startup people is they have an idea they end up going into a cave they don't talk to anybody they build in a silo they put all of this time all of this energy they put this thing in and then when they would go to release it, nobody wants it because they never talked to anybody. And it's just this pattern of behavior. So I want to speak to that when you go to say, hey, come talk to us about our ideas, things like that. Because I just, I've seen the, uh, you can both have the same ideas. Um, let me just turn that off. Which is, 
Uh, they can both have ideas, but you're, you're going to go in vastly different directions on how you execute. Yeah, I think more likely than not, you're not going to get someone that goes and steals your idea. More likely than not, you may actually find a good partner who can actually add value in your journey. Yeah, and people don't fully understand that. Uh, a lot of times they're like, look, man, ideas are super easy. It's all about execution. And so it's it's can you do you have the ability to to actually execute on this thing and because a lot of people like they have their own ideas everybody's got their own amazing billion ideas so like it's, it's not going to be a thing so i want to speak to that um and on that note what are the qualities that you look for in um uh founders what are things that are are characteristic that you think are idealistic for um a, a good set of founders so again i guess i'll touch on the more um unique aspects that we look for because obviously mm -hmm. You know, we want smart, hardworking individuals who we can, uh, you know, who have high, high integrity, and um, you know, who, who ideally maybe have have uh, a track record and 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 have you know have shown that they can execute and and are reliable. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, specifically in our world, uh, you know, we believe that, uh, especially with the deeper technologies, I mean, we need founders that have have patience and have, uh, you know, have, um, have the ability to, to go through a longer, a longer journey, uh, than perhaps, um, someone who's developing a gaming app, cause it might, it might be a more complicated process to get, to get the product, um, to, to the consumer, uh, eventually. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we look for people who are very collaborative because the way that we, that we like to work with uh, with founders is very closely. Uh, so we, you know, we love to be able to, uh, to 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 really just have a very honest and open conversation. And we like people who, you know, who listen and um, who are not uh, kind of fixed in their ways. Uh, who are kind of having this growth mindset and who want to, we're open to new ideas and uh, open to collaboration. So I think that's another uh, key component that we look for. And who are of course passionate about the space. Cause I think if you don't have passion and really believe in this, you know, this vision of impacting people's uh, mental well-being, uh, it's, you know, it's not going to be, uh, I think, uh, a successful venture if it's, you know, maybe it wasn't your idea, but you were hired to lead a venture. And if you're not really gung ho about about this domain, I think it's, uh, you know, it's not a good uh, factor for for yeah for Makes success. Makes kind of sense. So so integrity, um, some proof that they they can they can grind. They've shown some success in the past. Um, they're collaborative, they're coachable, they're passionate. I mean, all those things are key components like, because I don't know, I've always felt like when that startup land, you've got to believe that the tunnel is like five feet deep. It's, it's really a mile deep, but you got to run in that tunnel going, it's only going to be five feet and you got to like, and then you got to, but now you're in the tunnel, you got to just keep going, just keep going. You're going to get through it. Um, but, uh, if, if, if people only knew how long it takes to do a thing, they might lose a little bit of hope. So just. Just, just maybe believe it's a little shorter than it is, and then go in, and then just accept it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long haul. Um, sure. Just get to maybe that's a way that I, I always think about getting leverage on yourself to get yourself to do what you need to. Um, um, one of my final questions here is is around what do you think is the big, the big dragon if you want to um, create a a more joyful society. You want to create a place that, um, you know, uh, really a, a, a world where people have these joy technologies that allow them to control their mental way, state, become social emotionally aware, that they become more uh, self-reflective, more empathetic, more considerate, more kind, more loving, more caring, more, you know, all, all of those more mindsets of abundance and, you know, connecting with other people in positive, loving ways. And what is, what do you think is the big dragon stopping stopping you from achieving your goal? Wow. Uh, I guess I'll mention two things. One is I really think it's um, it's the science. We need to better understand our brains and we need to be able to hack them more, more, uh, more effectively. Um, so that's one. And then I think, you know, that uh, it's about intervening early. So I think that 
you know, we, I'm going to be 50 in April, you know, I'm pretty much, I'm already set in my ways. Um, it's going to, you know, take a while to teach me mm -hmm. to do new things and to completely change the way that I live or, or, you know, it'll be maybe a bit harder for me to learn new, um, new skills. Uh, but if you start with my daughter, who's, you know, 14 or even when, with the child, when, when they're just entering school, mm -hmm. uh, first grade, and you have a, you know, much higher likelihood when they're, you know, when their plasticity is very, very high. And, uh, even though our brains are, I think are, you know, maintain their plasticity, uh, apparently for a long, for many years, I think, uh, you know, the ability to, to, to teach, uh, and to raise awareness and, you know, to teach empathy and all of these things that you mentioned, um, from a very early age, that's, what's going to make the difference. And, uh, mm. you know, that's, that's something that, uh, innovation will be part of it, but obviously it's going to be a, a partnership of, you know, public, uh, public sector and uh, it's done in some places around the world and in some cultures it's more natural and more built kind of built in and in others it's a matter of you know early education so mm. yeah it, it definitely takes a village on that um to be able to make that happen um for sure better understand our brains and to be able to hack them i love it uh <laughs> is there uh is there any last things you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how they can get a hold of you uh, really, I just want to, you know, wish, uh, wish everyone, um, to just, uh, take care of themselves and, uh, you know, pay attention to their, to their mental well-being. And if there are any, you know, innovators and entrepreneurs and, and scientists out there, then for sure, you know, give us a, uh, give us a, an email or a shout out somehow on social media. Uh, you can reach us at info at uh, joyventures.com or at ideas at joy, joyventures.com. And, uh, you know, and we reply uh, to anyone who has any ideas or questions. We'd love to hear from people. We're a very uh, open door, welcoming type of organization, always looking for new people to partner with and for new ideas. So uh, everyone is welcome to uh, reach out. Beautiful. Thank you, Miri. I really appreciate you coming on to the show. This has uh, been an epic podcast. Um, it's been fun and insightful, and I love all the work that you're doing. So keep up the the joy bringing and and on and all the positivity that you do. So thank you so much for your time. And thank uh, you and so I much, Dylan, for your kind words and for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care, and I will I will see you later. All right. Thank you, now. Dylan. Bye bye. Take care. Right. See ya. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.